Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of Two Sleeps in a Gully. I'm joined by Glenn tonight. No, Gary. How are you doing, Glenn? Hello. I'm all right. Yes, I um, think... Uh, I, I'm, I'm still a bit reeling, you know. It'll take me a while. Absolutely. I think most <laughs> Australian cricket fans will be reeling for a little while. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sure if you, uh, unless you've been living under a rock and you only get your cricketing news straight from us, um, India, of course, came up with just something astonishing. Yeah. And um, the Fortress Gabba has been the Gabatoire. Yeah. Has been, has been... It's been has, conquered. Has been conquered. The The... the the lambs have turned the t- turned the table. <laughs> the the, the yeah. lambs have escaped. Yeah. They've gotten out. Um, yeah. India come off with, in my opinion, the best test win the Indian cricket team has ever had. I, I don't think you can really doubt that. Um, I, I think, yeah. Considering all they were up against, you know, starting with Ashant Sharma and Rohit Sharma missing out from the beginning, Virat Kohli going home, just the, the sheer number of injuries this team has had to deal with. The, uh, just the, like, oh, we'll, the we'll bub- just get some net bowlers and, and they'll beat <laughs> Australia. <laughs> the bubble lifestyle, playing on yeah. playing on foreign wickets against a basically full-strength Australian side. And every time, every time in this series, Australia, even from game to, like, during games, not necessarily game to game, but during the game, every time Australia looks to have the ascendancy, India has thrown a counterpunch, and mm. they've thrown it well. And yeah, um, like we sat here in our last episode, and we thought that full strength Australia, um, you know, Jadeja, Vahare, Ashwin, Boomra, all missing. Yeah, at the Gabba, this was going to be a bridge too far, mm. and, and it quite rightly should have been. We we're not being overly patriotic to have made that statement. That is a smart cricketing statement that 
considering the losses that India had no, for their they, personnel versus Australia. They had Australia. no right to win this test. Absolutely no right yet, to win it. And yet, here we are. <laughs> and, and they did. An absolutely astonishing performance from the um, yeah, you, Indian you cricket can't, team. And it's you not, can't take that away. You can't take anything away from them. I mean, we're, we're probably going to talk a lot about what is wrong with our team. With, that, with Australia. But the Indian cricket team, yes. Um, uh, but the Indian cricket team played very well, and that was one of the problems that we had. Barring, There's nothing you can do about that. Barring the morning of day three at Adelaide, this team has almost played perfect cricket. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. a little too dour in terms of looking to dry the runs up instead of being out and out attacking, but they had a, a, a strategy and it worked. Yeah. They played astonishingly disciplined cricket. They they have such an awesome culture there. Um, guys like yeah, exactly. Ravi Shastri and Ajinka Rahane and well, the I rest said, of the guys involved with that leadership group need a massive round of applause. Selection, coach, everything went right. Um, so we need to try and uh, get, get some of what they got. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yes, uh, we will get into the nuts and bolts of the, the, of the final test and um, give our thoughts on what happened. And from there, we we'll, might put our, um, our thinking caps on and just where, do, where does Australia go from here? Because uh, while you can't take anything away from India, the absolute David versus Goliath story that is, and they should hold their heads very high, but this Australian cricket team would have expected to beat India at full strength at home. Yeah. There's no ways around it. India like India played very well and deserve all the accolades, but this Australian lineup would pride itself on winning this series, even with all of the available Indians there, and they didn't. So some serious questions need to be asked. And mm-hmm. Glenn and I feel that we're the guys to ask them. So Definitely. All we're, that. S- that we're the self-appointed experts. <laughs> <laughs> so all that will be coming up right after this. I'm sure many of you, if you've been following along, listening to the podcast as we go, would have gone, hang on a minute, these guys sat here and told me last week that there was no way, no way India could win that test. And 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 it happened. What's going on? What is going on? Glenn, what happened in this test? What's We were what's wrong. The- <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, well, I think I think where we lost this test really was when it was actually on the first or second day. Depends on 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 where you sort of place it. But when we did not convert a really good platform that was provided by Labuschagne, scoring a hundred, and then we just lost a whole heap of wickets in at the end of day one, I think it was, um, to be five down, and then kind of get bundled out in that that sort of first period of day two, that that score should have been a 450-500. Yep. We shouldn't have been rolled for 330 and, or and so. And I agree with you. We got off to a, a good start with the bat, and it happened in Sydney as well where we had a, a Smith and Labuschagne laid a good platform and they didn't bat around him. Same thing happened in this one. Labuschagne yeah. and Wade went on to get us going towards a, a 400 score. Yeah, and the wheels I mean, fell like off. The, the, the team of, of, you know, they had Hayden on the seven commentary. Um, and that the team that Hayden and Langer played in would not have gone from the position they were in to anything below 500, let alone below 400. Yep. 
Um, Absolutely. And, and, that, and this is, yeah. and against, and no disrespect, but, you know, Nataraj and Saini and Thakur were in that squad initially yeah. as net bowlers. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no doubting that. That's what they were and, there to and do. And through, through necessity due to this, the catastrophic injury toll of the Indian team, these net bowlers have come in and have bossed Australia at the Gabatoire. This is the game. This, this is where teams don't do well. We boss teams here. This is yeah. our home turf. We well, defend. And these guys, yeah, we walked five for 275 at Stumps on day one. And that was actually on the mm. back of a bit of a recovery from Tim Payne and Cameron Green. So yeah. we were five for a lot less than that. And and it comes down to the big fact that the two set batsmen, Labashay and Wade, who got together and put together a really good middle-order partnership. Yeah. Like I know Labashay scored 100, but they both threw their wickets away. And just because you get to 100 doesn't give you an out to then go and throw your wicket away. I mean, we go – we give Labashay a pat on the back because at least he got to 100 before he threw it away. But still, yeah. like, there's – there's responsibility there, and he's he yeah, got you've out. got to be ruthless, and that's I I think you could almost sum it up with just that that one word ruthlessness because India when they got on top they were ruthless and we weren't. Yep, we just kind of were like oh man, we worked really hard to get into this position. Can we just be a bit loose now? And then it happened, and it happened with the, our bowling as well, which is supposed to be the the big strength of the Australian cricket team is we got India into a very precarious position. We were looking at a lead of north of 150. Mm. And then um, Washington Sunda and um, Thakur with combined one test between them, and that one test the core was injured in, yeah, um, put on a, a massive partnership for the sixth wicket, or seventh wicket, I think it was, the seventh wicket partnership, which is a record seventh wicket partnership for India, mm. um, and got them not quite, well, basically parity. 30-run lead we got out of that with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could probably argue that almost having that many deputants m- might have actually helped them in a way because there's not that stigma for a deputant around the gabatoire or whatever you want to call it. The fact that, you know, if you're a deputant and you don't know anything about the history of Brisbane um, – you know, or the cricket around around Brisbane. Yeah, you sort of walk in it's with a bit of arrogance look, going. Yeah, just look, walking in there and it's like it's a dead piece of grass. It's it's doable. They're going to run in, they're going to bowl it at me, and I'm not going to get out. Yeah, yeah. you know, like all of those simplifying a, your thought processes, you know. There was an air of freedom about the way the Indians played their cricket in this game. It was yeah. just like, well, no one expects us to win. Yeah. So the worst thing that could happen is that we – don't win, which is expected. So they sort of just went in with a bit of, yeah. you know, well, what's the worst that could happen? And yeah. and then it just, their confidence grew. They're just a team that, uh, honestly, I know that there are teams that have had a, a, a better record like or a more commanding go at it. I mean, the England side of 2010-11, uh, I think they won two of their matches by at least an inning. So teams have come over to Australia in the past and gone better. Yeah. Than this current Indian side, but this Indian side for mine has got the most tenacity and well, they've got the, about they've got about twenty blokes yeah. with like with uh, you know confidence through the roof but now. They have had more grit and tenacity than any side I have ever seen tour Australia until yeah. maybe you get back to the West Indies. And yeah, and you don't expect that from India in the past, like. 
when you think about their their past grades, with maybe the exception of uh, Raul Dravet, they've had class and they've had skill, but they haven't necessarily had that grit. Like I think they show their their that era I feel was a very home like home dominant side. Like they had lots of grit. They were proud yeah. to defend their nation, but when the going got a bit tough overseas, they didn't sort of have that same resilience and you could mm. get on top of that Indian side. When it things were going well for them, like we've yeah. all seen that the massive partnerships India in the past put on for us, they galvanize and gel. But you know, yeah. if you rattled them Mm. You could sometimes roll through them, but this Indian side yeah, yeah. just—I mean, just, no, no one would have, none of those, not even drive it. I don't think would have taken the the punishment that Pujara. Absolutely, took. yeah. Like he's got to be today. He's walking around and he's more bruised than man. I think you're um, <laughs> you're being a bit generous there, saying he's walking around. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, he, well, you know, they would have had to wheel him out of the hotel. I reckon. Well, I. I if I was Pajara, I would still be drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what his preference is in in that uh, in that particular d- sense. D- sense, but uh, yeah. But uh, it, so I wouldn't be able to walk definitely <laughs> because Australia, for mine, were the better side for Sydney and for Brisbane for yeah. for large parts of this test, as opposed to Adelaide and Melbourne, where India were the better side for large parts of the test. But every time Australia was about to throw a knockout punch, India would duck and they just go on the counterattack. Yeah. And then they get things to even and then we'd throw another knockout punch and you're like, well, that's got to have done it. And yeah. then the next guy would come off the block and he'd duck and weave and counterattack. And then that turned into them saving the test in Sydney. And in this one, it you know, Australia came out with a 30-run lead after India have, you know, dodged the knockout punch and yeah, uh, Thakur and Washington Sundar have got them back to parity. And then Warner and Harris come out and start blitzing the attack. Yeah. And then you think, all right, well, that's the knockout punch. We're on a roll. And then Siraj ends up taking a bag full, busts mm. open the Australian middle order. And then it's like, oh, wow, okay. And then Smith and Green get together, start putting together a partnership, coming back up, and they knock those guys out too. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden we're looking at, a three hundred run chase. Yeah, gosh, like, they've, they've found one in Siraj. He's he is fantastic. They've, well, I mean, they've found a few really. Richard Punt needs to put the gloves away, yeah, and just get himself into the side as a batsman. Yeah, the, the some of the shots he was hitting over that ninety seven he scored in Sydney and the uh, and this innings here, just put them away. You're well, a garbage wicket keeper. You surely make this side. Well, to of, be fair, he, he kept kept quite well at Brisbane. But the the first three tests, it was it was pretty rubbish. Well, two of them he didn't play at Adelaide. Oh right, had Saha. But just don't even don't even bother about it. You'll make the side as a batsman. Just put them away. Just come in, bat at five. Yeah, blitz attacks. And like, he, he only kept half of Sydney as well. Yeah. Well, bat at six because Coley will come back in. So well, Pujara, yeah, I mean, Pujara, Coley, Rahane have Pant at. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I still I don't know. I know that Vahari was, was a very good uh, – did very well in Sydney to, to win the draw. But I, I don't know how he's making this side. <laughs> They've got so much – so many better options than, yeah. than what he's shown. Just but. play Punt and Saha and then you have your bowlers 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, India have found a couple of gems in this series. Um, Washington Sunda. 
looks fantastic as a bit of an all-rounder. Yeah. Um, you know, an heir apparent potentially to someone like Ravindra Dadeja to play that second spinner and offer a bit with a bat. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> Siraj looks fantastic. Like, he's going to give um, some of those guys... The biggest headache they're going to have in the next test they play is... Which quicks... If they're, all their quicks are healthy, who, 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 who they misses play? out? Yeah. I mean, how do, you, how do you go to someone and go, oh, you know, thanks for securing that victory in Australia against the full-strength side? Because well, um, you think their full-strength side would likely be the three quicks being Boomer, Shami, and... Ishant Sharma, that'd still be there. Yeah, their A. Well, Sharma's getting on a bit. Maybe it's time to to move him on. You'd think that depending on how bad Shami's injury is, and it's a pretty quick turnaround to the series against England, that Siraj may get to hold his place in that side. Boomer, Siraj, and maybe then Sharma. Yeah, is there opening opening up? Well, I think so. So Annie the, would would have to earn. We didn't really see much of him. Yeah. Um, he, well, again, he's another guy they brought in for this last test, and he did a a, a groin muscle, I think, halfway through his yeah. his spell. So is that they were basically? Or he, I think he came back and chipped in with a few other overs, but not really doing yeah much. So they were another bowler down during the game. So, but the, their selectors did so well as uh, also in that. Um, like to me, the natural selection of uh, would would have been to go with Kuldeep Yadav, who got quite a few wickets when he played in in Sydney the mm. last last tour. But by going with Sundar, they they fixed their batting problem. I think they erred on the side that it probably wasn't going to be a wicket that was going to be conducive to left arm wrist spin. Yeah, to wrist spin, and then they decided yeah. that the advantages of having couple of all-rounders in there yeah, would be better than a, a player who's probably going to possibly out of his element in those conditions. And, it, again, it proved to be a masterstroke because look where we are. Yeah. Um, so before we dive in and talk about the um, the Australian <laughs> side, because we've got plenty to talk about there, yeah. um, one thing I want to point out is uh, Vera- um, Ajinka Rahane has now not lost a test match that he's been captain in. Yeah. Do you leave your captaincy with him and just let Coley come back and bat? Do you think that that's something that Coley would be? I don't think it'll happen, but uh, you can definitely see an argument for it. That, I mean, that that's such a hard hard thing. It's it's again, it's a good problem to have. They've got. I suppose the the, the Australian equivalent is when Gilchrist took the reins in India, yeah, won that series, and then happily handed them yeah, back it's to, funny. to Ponting. That's, that's a that's a weird kind of uh, symmetry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, look, I I cannot fault anything Ajinko Rahane did in that series, other than maybe running out Coley, and I don't want to fault him because we really needed that to happen in that <laughs> test. Um, but yeah, the way he has we'll led that. the way he has led this side, and just how it just kept getting up off the mat, especially in those last two tests when Australia base when Australia started to figure out how to score runs again, and then he's slowly got troops going down around him, and yeah, he just. Even when he came out, I mean, that yeah. f- in that fourth innings, he only got 22 or so, but I remember his, like, his first, I think it might have been Pajara. Yeah, it was an early scoring shot where he is pushed for a tight three. Yeah. And it's like, Rahane's coming out here going, we, we're up for this. We are chasing these runs down. And he ran hard and turned ones into twos and twos into threes. And maybe he was a little too ambitious to run a ramp Cummins, but you could see yeah. the intent there and... And then Pujara started even to buy into that. 
Yeah. And he started to free his shoulders a bit. And then obviously had Richard Pant come out and he did what he did to get them home. Like it was yeah. a phenomenal run chase. Like even I said at the beginning of the day that I said I'd think the most likely outcome at the beginning of day five was going to be a draw. Yeah. That um, 328 in a day on day five against the Australian attack with the ability to then spread the field would be a little too much. And yeah. it wasn't. They paced that innings quite nicely. Uh, yeah, they they do panic under pressure. The, the, this is current Australian leadership group. It just reeked of, of Stokes at Headingley. And so, yes, that's a nice segue. Uh, so let's I know I was screaming at the TV that they let him, they let Pant get twos again. And, and I remember screaming at the TV when I, I saw Stokes just like hitting it into the outfield two. You, you can't do that. I don't understand the the reasoning behind that. And then I think on the test, I think we saw in that documentary series, mm. we saw that JL actually questioned Tim Payne about that. And I think the answer was something like, oh, we didn't want him going hard at the ball. We wanted him only pushing it so that he, he would – give like a bat pad catch or something Oh, yeah, like yeah, that. That, I remember that, that one. That was the logic behind it. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> you've got to, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and what's one thing, moving on now, we're going to start tearing shreds a little bit off the yeah. Australian side. Um, that's one thing that really concerns me is this has happened twice now in 18 months where we've been in a position to win in the fourth innings. Well, it was actually three times because we didn't get it done in Sydney, but there, we didn't lose the test. But yeah. we've lost test, like lost a, an opposition run chase in the fourth innings with a guy going hard at us, and we just look bereft of ideas about what to do in that sense. Mm. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk going around and going, well, you've, you, you, you've got to mince up Tim Payne. He's rubbish. Get rid of him. He's no good. And, and there is a certain, oh, I, felt, a certain truth. I felt like that last night. I've got to say, I was just like, oh, man, he didn't learn. He has not learned. But there is a certain truth to that. Tim Payne needed to get better after Headingley and doesn't look like he's improved in that area of, yeah. of getting his team home on day five. Yeah. But, again, he's not the only one here. Like this is, He's got an army of coaches yeah. up there that you would have thought that after the debrief at Headingley, they would have been like, this is the sort of stuff that we need to do and we yeah. get in that situation again. And it, honestly, Tim, I like Tim Payne. I think Tim Payne's a fantastic... Do you, do you fantastic think he did it, did it in any way better or was it exactly the same? Or was it worse? His tactics in session three. I, I think they're the same. Like, I don't think Pretty he really did anything different. He no, just... Just made the same mistakes that... that and that's... That's what the biggest disappointment is about it. That they, if like, if, if 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 India still won, I and you were they, like, oh, they they responded a little bit better, you know. They, t- to be fair, I think we bowled better to Pant than we bowled to Stokes. Yeah, we bowled much more disciplined to Pant, and Pant just found ways. To, like I don't, I remember watching maybe two dozen just bad balls and Josh Hazelwood being the recipient of a few of them where we just back yeah. of a length and just letting him hit, you know, freeze arms and hit to Ben Stokes. Yeah. I don't remember us bowling too many bad deliveries. I think most of the time it's when we were over pitching, trying to just, you know, we've, we've gone back of a length, back of a length, back of a length, that's throwing the full one, trying to, and then pants yeah. just, he's just latched onto that. And there wasn't lots of those. Like I think as a bowling unit, we bowled better at the Gabba than we did, 
in well, I heading think if week. you're defending, I know I always go go to this. Like, but why not just fit, set the field straight and bowl full at the stumps? Like, just bowl the Yorker. It it really can't be that hard. We we didn't. Well, that's bowl something that Yorkers. I think I don't think we did very well at all. Is India quickly turned into once it sort of got down, or well, got to about six ish and over, went into one day mode, dropping and running, hitting the gaps, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Australia stayed in test mode, you know, two slips, a gully, short mid-wicket. Bowl a good length. Bowl a good off. length. You know, we didn't try and... You miss, I hit. Yeah. We needed to or, do that. you know, wide Yorkers, slower balls and things like that. Cause, you know, and just try to keep the... We just sort of bowled that test match line and we had that massive over where they scored 20 off it. And then that was it. They'd won the test from... Like, we couldn't even salvage a draw at that point. Like, if we yeah. kept the run rate around about six-ish and over... There's a bit of pressure there, and then you know you've obviously you can set whatever field you like to yeah. control that. And we didn't even do that; we just no. sort of went, we just attack, 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 and there was so much space everywhere that, and that's part of so, the reason. So they you think it, it comes on the the coaching staff to a degree that they just didn't have? Oh, to a degree, like yeah. it has like Tim the buck stopped with Tim Payne. He's the guy that's running the ship. He's the yeah. guy on the field that's got to make these, but. Hasn't been any obvious coaching to get what do we do in this situation? Yeah, I like Tim Payne as a captain. Um, I think he's a fantastic leader of men. I think, but big, his tactics, yeah, his tactics seem to be plan A: give the ball to Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark. Stark's going to bowl full and fast. If the ball's not swinging, he's going to bowl back of a length at the bowler. And Cummins and Hazelwood are going to bowl back of a length, magic ball. It's either going to rip into the stumps top of off or it's going to grab an edge and that's his plan that that's my plan mm. stark cummins hazelwood are going to bowl me a wicket taking ball and yeah. i'm going to put a standard field to take that yeah and that's that seems to be his plan when that doesn't work oh, i'm going to give it to nathan Lyon, and i'm going to give him a standard field he's going to bowl me a magic ball and i'm yeah. going to it just doesn't seem like mm. i know he gets a bad rap for the way that he interacted with his players but Michael Clark was a phenomenal tactician who had far less to work with in terms of mm. bowlers at his disposal. Well, like, and he would try funky fields. Sometimes yeah. he outthought himself, and he, when he could have just been more traditional, yeah. would have paid off. But he would be, you know, he'd find special places to put yeah. fielders and try different things. Well, and I, I just think, think yeah, Michael Clark tactically was is up there with with Mark Taylor. I thought they were really too too good tactical captains. I think that Michael Clark, in terms of the captains that I've seen, is the best tactician. Yeah. Because even Mark Taylor, like it's easy to be a good tactician when you've got Warner McGrath yeah. in your side. And and Payne's a different style. He's he's trying to be a leader. More like like sort of Alan Border who gets us through a, a, a difficult time, I suppose. Mm. But I I think it's just missing a little bit of honesty. You know, like they're all trying to be mates and Tim Tim Payne's trying to be a popular captain and he clearly is a popular captain. But you notice in all of the interviews after that, it's like they're all like, oh, no, we, we stand by Payne and, you know, Payne did his best and they just played out of their skin. And, like, is it really going to affect the, your relationship in, in your dressing room that much if, if in an interview we were, you, you were like, yeah, look, I looked to Tim for a bit of leadership there and I didn't, didn't find it. Or maybe... 
Maybe the behind closed doors. I don't mind. I don't mind open. giving the. You, nah, Tim did. You a don't want to shank someone behind their back. Yeah. If, if, I don't. Yeah. I don't mind the. You know, Fox and Channel Seven rock up and go. You know what's going on, and you're like, no, Tim's a great bloke. He did a fantastic job. He's my captain. I don't mind the party line to the media. As long but as, as long as you go and you shut the doors. Yeah, yeah. There's a Look, what Tim, the hell, guys? What's Tim? Like, what, what are you thinking? You, you know, like we kept on doing the same thing, man. Like. Um, yeah. Where do we go? As, from as here? long as there's that, but I, I'm not entirely convinced that there's there's that much. And you know, like uh, JL, uh, I think that there was a real uh, indication that he was trying to be the nice guy when he stuck with Joe Burns. He wasn't willing to go. Look, Joe, you're batting crap. Just get out of the team. <laughs> go back and score some shield runs. Yeah, for well, God's that's what sake. we that's what we said but, in. In the last one, is that I can't believe that Joe Burns, that Joe Burns played because if you if Justin Langer had the, this insane theory that doesn't come hell or high water, Joe Burns is going to open the batting because I'm going to back my guy to do a job. It's yeah. admirable, probably short sighted, but admirable. But if that's his opinion, why subject him to the Australia A games? Yeah, if he's going to play, he's going to play. Put I mean, him in the we're, nets. We've been through this, but yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and it just smacks of a just. It's just a little bit uncreative. Mm. It's just we're we're the Australian cricket team. We're at home. We should be good enough. So let's just go out and play cricket, and we'll be fine. And there just doesn't seem uh, to be that yeah depth at, to their planning. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, like they're they're trying to work on team culture and all that, and, and team culture. I'm sure it's important, but we had a much better side when we weren't all getting along that yeah. well, you know? Like Simon Cadditch and, and Michael Clark still played in the same side. If, if I hear um, that this guy's a good bloke when we're talking about his cricket credentials anymore yeah. from that group, I'm going to scream. It's the wrong thing. Don't care. <laughs> I'm, so long as he's, I'm a good bloke. So long as he's not a criminal. Yeah, exactly. Like... We, as a public, we don't care. We don't socialise with these guys. Yeah. We're not going to walk into the pub and, you know, start having beers with these guys. We don't care if they're nice. Is he the best person for Is the Is he the best, one of the six best batsmen in Australia? Or yes, no. Or one of the no. best four bowlers. Or one of the best four or bowlers. the best keeper slash batsman. Like, that's it. We don't need to go, oh, yeah, well, he's had a pretty good shield year. And, yo, he's a really good bloke. We, don't care. We know that Shane Warne isn't a good bloke. We just love the fact that he <laughs> took 700 wickets for if anything from like, Shane Warne's life outside of cricket, it'll be that Shane Warne is a shit bloke. Yeah. He is a terrible human being at times. And, and, and we don't care and yet because Steve- he... Because yes. he took 708 test wickets. And yet Steve War and Shane Warne, even though they now, you know, openly pretty much don't get along. They well, play, well they, Warne doesn't – Warne openly doesn't get along with War. Yeah. And and Tugger just doesn't care. No, exactly. <laughs> that, that, so that, great. That's basically it. But the point I'm trying to make is that they still played in the same team for as years as they and can years and years. Behave professionally. Exactly. And do the job – and just not be an out-and-out tool, Yeah, pick the, the best 11 blokes. If you've got a guy that is yeah. a little bit better than this guy, but you're giving the other guy a go because he's a nicer bloke, then you're not doing it right. Yeah, and that's right. And and, and what's implied in, in niceness is that you're going to mollycoddle people's feelings. If you, Like, if you're in a professional setting, if you're doing your job badly, 
You need someone to tell you. Well, this is, and, and if you can't deal well, with it, you're it. in the wrong. You're job. exactly right. Model, molly coddling is the big thing because you know Justin Langer. I think when he first came in, tried to he was just a bit because we when we watched this, the test series, yeah, you could tell that Justin Langer came in with a bit of an old school mentality about when he was playing for the Australian team, yeah. and he implemented this um, this thing in the nets. It was if you get out in the nets. You need to swap nets. Everyone needs to swap nets. It was the, like because batsmen once they get in the nets hate having to get out and swap and all that sort of stuff. It just irritates them. They have to get out of the groove and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it was putting value on your wicket. So don't so a bit of you know bat like you practice like you play. So don't just go out and get yourself out in the nets because if you yeah. get out you're going to get punished for it and everyone's got to swap. And Usman Khawaja is sitting yeah. there going, oh, it's hard to concentrate if I'm worried about getting out. And it's just, you could see the look on Langer's face. It's like, well, what are you doing out in the middle then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there was another one where he was coming out and he was having a big soot go, and we tell us when we're, what we're doing wrong all the time, but I don't think that you're um, giving us enough credit when we do the right thing. And this was coming off a massive batting collapse. Mm. And, like, again, so it's a massive batting collapse. Everyone should be feeling terrible about themselves. Lang has given him a serve, and the only thing that Kawaja uh, comes is, well, when we do right, you're not nice enough to us. <laughs> so, like, I just – yeah, it's just a strange – like, that was a really eye-opening look I, into I, some I, of the I culture in there. I think that pretty there. much sums up the, the difference between generations, doesn't it? Um like, Langer was on record saying that he would never speak to Ricky Ponting again – yeah, if Ponting left him out of yeah. a test match because he copped a, a knock to the head, this is a yeah. guy that was prepared to go. I won't speak to you anymore, ever. Yeah, throwing away my friendship because cricket means more to me, and just that sometimes you just get is that level yeah. just a bit too close that they're too worried about being nice than they are about playing cricket. Mm. Yeah. Uh anyway, that's it's it's speculative, but yes. I. Very much from the outside that's, looking That's in. just a gut feel about, yeah. I mean, like, the only criticism that I've heard of Tim Payne through the media, uh, as admittedly it is still pretty fresh, was from Sonny Gavaskar, who said that I think there's a difference between being a good leader and being a good test captain. The thing is, I would love for these people that are saying drop Tim Payne as captain to tell me who the next captain is. Because as far as I'm concerned, the only one that you can really pick is Steve Smith. Yeah. He's the only guy. I mean, you could take a punt on Pat Cummins. Like, I know yeah. there's plenty of people that go, you can't give it to a fast bowler. I'm not well, so much in that I, I can't give it. I don't understand that. I, yeah. I'm not in that can't give it to a fast bowler club, but. Is Cummins what, really Cummins ready? bowled 60 overs, I think, for the test. Yeah. He's the talismanic leader of your attack. You're asking him to do a lot of hard work. Bang-in bounces, all that sort of hard workhorse stuff. Yeah. Then you're asking a guy that has, as far as I'm aware, has never captained mm. to then become the captain of the test side, plus carrying all the work that he's got to do as a bowler. Yeah. Well, if, if, the, the if, problem with, with that for me is if he's never going to be captain, they should never have made him vice-captain. Again, I think this is one of those things. Remember we picked Shane Watson as vice-captain when he was coming off that summer where he'd scored – a hundred and like nine fifties and he was the all rounder and he was opening the batting. You're like, we're never going to drop Shane Watson. And they just whack a vice captain on him because he's never, he's always going to be there. Like for instance. So he's a stabling influence, which I think is Pat Cummins. Because if Pat Cummins is healthy, 
He'll play. Well, we need to stop taking the vice captaincy as a as a joke. You know, at one point we had three vice captains, oh. and one of them was Mitch Marsh. Yeah, again, Mitch uh, Marsh scored two hundreds <laughs> against a beaten England side. Yeah, and we all thought, oh, that's it. He's turning the corner, and then yeah. we made him vice captain. Like, like realistically, if we go over to South Africa, which is the next series, and Tim Payne's there, and he goes into a tour game and cops one onto the on the end of a finger and can't play. Do you go into the test against South Africa with Pat Cummins as the captain? I wouldn't. I like exactly. So why why should he be vice captain? And it's not like, like. And I'm totally happy for them to give it to Cummins, and Cummins just turn into this cricket savant and get it right. And yeah. I'll eat my words. But from where I'm sitting, it's a lot to ask a guy that is doing so much hard work for you to then. Like we were talking about, is the captaincy yeah. too much for Tim Payne because he's got a wicket keep all the time? Is that pl- they had a big well, talk to Gilchrist on it in commentary, going, "Is you know, does it distract you trying to worry about field settings and bowlers?" And then, and then you you know, you might miss that half chance. And Gilchrist goes, "Like I'm not going to lie, in India, um, you know, it was distracting. Did I did it impact my keeping to the point that I missed things I thought I should have got? I don't think so. Yeah, but it was definitely on my but mind. But it was okay as a temporary measure. Yeah." Yeah, and so, but we're talking about that being a big thing that the workload of being captain might be too much for, you know, for Tim Payne because he's a wicketkeeper. We're going to ask a fast bowler that's got to come in and do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I don't know. if he gets it and does a great job, awesome. That's great. There's a few but people I think you're who've been the, able to do it. I think you're running the risk of a burning him out, and it's a hell of a punt to take on a guy that, like I said, has no captaincy experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think if you're going to you go, drop, goes all right at everything else. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you might you might be a great captain just because he's just that natural cricketing athlete, as they always talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think the only obvious person that you can give it to is Steve Smith. There's no one else that you give the captaincy to. People have thrown out Mate. Marnus Labuschagne. I would like to say this about that. Tim Payne is, let's face it, he's probably one of the worst exponents of the DRS that we have. Ever seen? <laughs> but Marnus Labuschagne <laughs> is one hundred percent the worst appealer I have ever seen in international cricket. He mm. is appealed for just some absolutely <laughs> laughable things, and will swear blind that he heard a noise and you watch it on replay and it's missed the glove by like a foot and a half. Hey. And he's up there yelling, and no one else is yelling. It's just him. Could you imagine if you give that guy? Yeah. That guy in charge of DRS. Like, this is the guy who thinks everything is out. He's <laughs> kind of the wonder boy of the Australian cricket team. I, I think, I think honestly, he's too excited about playing cricket to be captain, which I know is a weird thing to say, but I think yeah. he's the kind of bloke that let him let him forge out a four or five or six-year career for the Australian side. Let him mature a little bit yeah. and then come back and revisit that question. Has he then turned into a captain? But he, he's not captain's material right now. <laughs> Just on the basis of his appealing alone, you couldn't give it to him. Yeah. I mean, I suppose then that you'd, you'd have to have, like, Cummins, in that hypothetical situation, Cummins would have to captain it just for one test. And I guess it was going to be a one off. That's not the worst. Like, you'd, you'd, you'd find out whether he could do it. Yeah, in a one off or maybe a, a series, for example, you might go the same way that Smith deputied for Michael Clark when Clark's. Yeah. Finally stepped aside to get some work on his on his back after the um, uh, after Phil Hughes died. He played that one test against India and then just went, "No, I've had it. I can't play for the." Yeah. And then um, they gave it to Smith. But as a full time role, happy to be proven wrong. Happy for Cummins to 
not saying that he can't do it, but I'm saying for a guy that's got a, so much on his plate already, doesn't yeah. have any captaincy experience, you're taking one hell of a gamble to say you're the guy that I want as the next captain. Yeah, of it. Exactly. Would you be the first fast bowler to captain Australia? The, the first that I can recall, I mean... We'll have to look it up. If anyone knows... batting, 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 batting. Put it on our Facebook page if you remember anyone, but for a, for Maybe, a full-time... Uh, Keith Miller, was he the captain he of was Australia? A, he was an all-rounder. All-rounder, yeah. Um, um, as an out and out far uh, out and out bowler, I'm maybe Richie Benno, but he he wasn't he be, a fast bowler. He would be an all rounder as well. But yeah, so M- Miller and Benno, that's going back a fair way. Yeah, I can't think of many in between that would have had a. Yeah, I can't think of a, a fast bowler, unless. Uh, can you imagine if they left Dennis Lilly in charge? <laughs> Glenn McGrath Glenn McGrath would bowl from one end And then he'd walk up and hand his hat to the umpire And he would have put like a really bad moustache on uh, I'm Jason Gillespie <laughs> and, and like yeah a mullet wig <laughs> And just walked up uh, Yep Jason Gillespie right arm over Who's that guy? What guy? I don't know <laughs> and, then, and then he'd just run down the fine leg Take it all off and come back and hand his cap Glenn McGrath here for my second over of the day yeah. Glenn why are you so tired? You're walking around like you've bowled 60 overs today <laughs> Yeah I can see that happening Anyway Sorry we digress. We digress. Um, um, but we, we kind of segued into into what we're going to do for South Africa there. Um, that's a, in a month. Do we want to talk about that? Or Let's have a go. Where just, do we go? Just from let it heal a bit first. No, that's what the, we promised that we'd um, we'd ask the tough questions, and you can't ask tough questions without being prepared to give some answers. So, yep. got some tough questions to ask. Where do we go from here? We've got a test tour to South Africa. So. Mm-hmm. Are there any casualties from this 11 for you? Who won't even make the squad? Well, well, look, if you want to say the squad, if you're saying that aren't going to walk up and start for the next test, I'll let you define your well, own parameters. I, I think Matty Wade's got to be out. On, like, unfortunately, we, we really liked him. He just didn't get the job done. He didn't get the job done. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I, I will maintain that dropping Travis Head for Matthew Wade was the right call. I I had a massive uh, text argument with Scotty about this. Uh, he's a big Travis Head fan, um, and yeah. it was it was the right call. But Matthew Wade didn't really get many big scores last summer. Yeah, you know he showed a bit of fight opening the batting, give him a bit of an extra go. Yeah, and then he's gone and thrown his wicket away three times since then. Yeah, three out of four. Um, you know, he's 33. Mm. His overall career, like if he was in the runs last year, you might give him a stay of execution. But we're going back to the 2019 Ashes in England, the last time he's really made any major contributions. Yeah. Um, there's only so much being plucky and gritty and bit of a fighter gets you if you're throwing your wicket away at 40. And Yeah. Um, now, I expected his his average would be on the men by now. Like, he's still averaging around 30, which is about what he was averaging when he had the gloves. Yeah. And and if you have the gloves, that's passable. But as a specialist batsman, you, you want to see that, that, that career yeah, average. It really, going up. like, after that Ashes 
series, I thought, well, this is it. This is the guy we want batting well, exactly. in the middle order for us. Then it just hasn't gone anywhere. He came uh, over and got. And it, it's, it's kind of been like like Kawaja in in that uh, um, Pakistan test. We we saw what we wanted there at the UAE, and then he didn't get it back. And same thing with Matty Wade. He he scored a, a good hundred in swinging conditions where, you know, we. Showed plenty of poise. And we really like it was a well timed hundred as well. It was when we really needed some runs, um, and yeah, and then we just haven't seen that Matty Wade for two years since. Yeah, he just spent too much time last summer getting into fights with um, Neil Wagner. Yeah, I, I and think getting that's out. Half, you know, I think that's half his problem. He's he's trying to be. Uh, it's the this Napoleon kind of syndrome. Macho, yeah, this 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 like. He's he's trying to he's taken on board the the whole body language thing. You've got to have dominant body language. I'm just like, no, you've just got to play good cricket. Once you once you've got a hundred you know. next to your name, you don't need body language. Yeah, exactly. Um, just let the let the bat do the can, talking. You can puff out your chest and squawk all you like, but if you're walking back to the sheds after getting yeah. out for for forty after hitting a dumb shot. Doesn't yeah. matter how much chest puffing you have, the bowlers have won. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah. if, if Vid, Viv Richards had that that same swagger to the crease <laughs> and, and averaged in the thirties, we wouldn't be talking it, about it. It wouldn't matter, you know. <laughs> Viv Richards had the game. The swagger is nothing without the game. You got to have have one or both. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Um, We're, oh. So no one. Well, we've we've got to talk about Mitchell Stark because they just couldn't go to him. They couldn't go to him when they needed him. And I know in the past I've I've criticised Mitchell Stark, and then I've been, gone back on him and just gone, oh, okay, yeah, good, all right. He's he's turned it around. He doesn't take wickets when we really need him. He goes missing. I can't remember the last time. Well, where we really needed wickets and he stood up. Some stats have come out uh, today that I've noticed. Um, someone's compiled how Mitchell Stark's series goes. And um, apparently for like a four or five test series, his first two games you'll average in the mid-20s with the ball. Yeah. Which is good. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it blows out to mid-30s for the third test. Yeah. And then it blows out to low, mid to low-40s for any subsequent test after that. So, obviously, the yeah. only four tests we play are against India and England. So, if he plays um, the fourth fourth test in a series more, he becomes barely pedestrian. It's beyond pedestrian. Well, He's terrible. Just, it could so, be a couple of things. I mean, it could be, obviously, fatigue. Um, it could be that they just get used to his pace. I think it's a um, little – I think it's more fatigue, and I think that's a fact, too. He's 31 – and it's a hard gig bowling fast, and he's just probably carrying half a dozen niggling injuries that no one ever talks about because that's what fast bowlers have got to do, and it just gets to him by the end of a series. Do we take Mitchell Stark to well, South we, Africa we could, we, and maybe play him as a horses for courses bowler? You give him the first and the last test of a series, mm. for example, so he's still fresh. Well, yeah, I, th- I think he'll still be on the plane yesterday. I would have had a very different opinion, but it was largely emotional. <laughs> well, that being said, we're, we're going to talk about this in our next episode, but we do have a T20 series running at the same time. Do you maybe yeah. let Stark work his way back into a bit of form, playing the, the style that he's the best at, which is short-form cricket, and maybe mm. then blood someone 
give Nessa a go finally or bring in someone like a Jai Richardson and maybe just give Stark a bit yeah. of a break from that well, long... That's, that's what really hurts about the whole thing because there's so much quality behind him, like behind Stark. There's James Pattinson, who I think got injured, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he tumbled at home over Christmas. Yeah, we had oh Pattinson, really? It wasn't Patton, even in the game. We had Pattinson, Nisa, and Abbott in that squad. What's something yeah. that really annoyed me was Justin Langer going, "Would you have left any of them out?" And it's like we're not in the sheds, mate. Yeah, you're the guy with maximum exposure to this team, and this yeah. is a game that we had to win. And like, if he's underdone. And yeah. he didn't bowl particularly well in Sydney. I'd, if he's underdone, your job is to make that hard call and go. And, yeah, and and we've got those. There's no point sending out there with a smug look on your face going, would any of you have dropped him? A, we don't have the inside knowledge that you do. And yeah. to be fair, there's probably quite a few of us that would have dropped him to give someone a go. Like so, well, we've, we've been trying to find a, a, a game for Nessa for ages, I think. I think I will. I'll, I'll go and call him Nisa because I think, think you're right on that. It's been back and forth for a while, <laughs> I think. Um, um, so, yeah, Nisa, we've been looking to get him a game and it's like, oh, it's just that the quality is so good in our, in our quartet that he's not getting a game. And then our quartet performs like this. You know, our, our quartet was out of tune with each other. Mm. Like, I, <laughs> I, I'm right. in the same boat. I'm definitely taking Stark. Maybe I'm not definitely, but I'm leaning towards taking Stark to South Africa. I'm very tempted to maybe give him a bit of a working holiday and send him to bowl yeah. 20 overs over five games against New Zealand. But if yeah. we're going to we're gonna definitely take him to South Africa, then I'm happy to take him, but I don't think he plays every test. Well, And I would be starting the next test with Michael Nisa, yeah. my number eight. Yeah, exactly. And he adds with the bat as well. The thing um, I like about Nisa is, that, and this is what we were actually talking about. <laughs> well, this, we, we need to go back over this. <laughs> we were talking about this um, many, yeah. many times off air, is that Nisa is obviously very strong up front, swinging the new ball, moving it, gets wickets early, busts open the top order. If Nisa doesn't get any love with the ball, it's not swinging or whatever and he can't get anywhere – he bowls. He just turns into that line and length, accurate, super accurate bowler, and doesn't go for yeah. runs. Yeah. The thing is, in which will start is on the one hand, the ball will swing and he'll blow teams away. He'll take four or five for nothing, look like an absolute world beater, and go, "Yes, this guy is excellent." And then if the ball's not swinging, he doesn't have that facet to his game where yeah. he can. Well, he's he's not. Like he, and he, just, he tries he just, to go short. He tries to go into Mitchell Johnson mode, but he's not as good at doing that no. as Johnson. And he goes for runs. So, And then it makes it very – like Payne couldn't bowl him at points yesterday because it, the ball wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Stark wasn't – you know, he was – And they couldn't afford five runs and over. And they, yeah, and Stark would go for it. So and then yeah, He was going at five runs and over when India weren't even going. Yeah. Like they, and they at had least Pajara at the crease. Like he's going to give you four dot balls in. A, and in at an least over. with Nisa there, if if Nisa's not getting the ball to swing, you just toss it to him and go bowl me a line of length where they're not getting any runs. Dry it up, and then yeah. maybe Hazelwood's got it going at the other end, or Lyon's got it going at the other end, and you build pressure. Whereas when you bring yeah. Stark on, it's just it's it's like the the bowling equivalent of or six or sticks. It's just yeah, if he's going to get wickets or he's getting carded, and I just yeah. It's really hard when that's your job is to be an out-and-out wicket-taker, and if you're not getting any sideways movement early, yeah. then you've just basically then got to play almost a well, whole test a bowler down. I just don't know what happened to his Yorker either. It's like he forgot it was a thing. Like, 
what happened to that? He didn't bowl it. Yeah, and like, they just doesn't seem to be aggressive enough. You know, Stark's default mode was it's not swinging, so I'm going to bang it in. And a lot of the times he was banging it in, it was a foot down leg because he was just yeah. dra- and it's just like well, there are other ways to be aggressive. Come around the wicket and York people for a while, like yeah, make the people uncomfortable. Uh, it, Cummins if, was doing it. Cummins was yeah changing if, things up. If great. you just get one to the tail just a little bit and it hits the guy on the toe, it's out. You know, like uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see, uh, and it's, it's got precedent as well because the, the South African pitches tend to be green. They tend to be more like England and they, they had that tactic, but they've also bouncy. South Africa tends to have bouncier wickets that are green tops. So yeah. again, adds even more like you're like, Oh, can we really afford to have a guy like me? So we kind of need a difference maker and start cause he bowls should be when you've got uh, bouncy wickets, you've I, got I Cummins think, and Hazelwood. I think people seriously overestimate that difference. If you just look after the quality of the four bowlers that you have, I don't, you don't need a left armor. We, we did fine without a left armor for ages. Yep. We had, we had McGrath. We had, we had Gillespie. Lee, had Lee. McDermott. Yeah. Rifle, yeah, like they, it's quality. Quality matters, not not so much variety. Um, so the other question, which I know that you we've been talking about, is Nathan Lyon. Yeah, we've so got, we got to talk about Gary. So <laughs> obviously, mean, well loved. He's the owner of the team song. Yeah, but two days, I mean, two like, tests yeah, in a yes, row. Yesterday, Gary Lyon is was about as present as as Gary is today, as our Gary is today. He's yeah. not. He's not shown up. I think no. he was a little more present, but <laughs> no, he was. He, he, he wasn't bowling with he a lot. He tried. His, he tried his ass out. Yeah, but he's had two two tests in a row. Fifth day, bowlers home. Well, that's and he yeah. hasn't done really a great deal. If at the start of the, if at the start of the series you'd asked Lyon what his ideal situation would have been to bowl in, um. 300 on the board, day five. Yeah, day five pitch wearing. Yep. He got those conditions and he produced three wickets, mm. four wickets. I can't remember, but it wasn't enough. Um, I think the big thing with Nathan Lyon is that he hasn't added anything to his game really since he started. Yeah. He's come in with certain skills. And he has maximised those skills over the course of his career, but really, he's an off-spin bowler. Gets a you know, above medium-ish amount of turn when you look at off-spinners mm. around the world. Um, but his big party piece is overspin and overspin extracting bounce. bounce in Australia. Yeah, and he just doesn't really have anything else to go to yeah. when that's not working. He just becomes he becomes a lot less threatening. And I think India, and to a certain extent England in the last Ashes series, really worked that out and just went, when there's no bounce there, there's not a lot. As long as we don't play him stupid, there's not a lot there to threaten us. And I think that's happened to the Indians. They just outweighted him. Yeah. um, And didn't give him anything really to bowl to. The Indians played him well and they were always going to because they're they're used to playing spinners in much more difficult circumstances. Well, that you and I both think that Washington Sundar outplayed not Lyon in that test. Exactly. Well, how did that happen? Um, the guy's on debut. Lyon is on his 100th test. You should not be getting bowl- out-bowled by a guy on debut who came over as a net bowler. Yep. But he was. 
Yep. That's that's the stark reality of it. Um, so I, I don't think Lyon necessarily needs to go anywhere. I think he's going well, to have a lot of a lot more to do for Australia. But and, I do and think they don't have to be big changes. Like he, he bowls every single ball at about eighty eight k's an hour. Like I reckon his his pace variance is from about eighty five k's an hour to about ninety two, where he fires it in. You you need to have more of a difference than that. Yeah, you know, like Shane Shane Warne would get under eighty and really loop the ball sometimes, and then he had the flipper that that you know when he allegedly when was, did stuff. <laughs> well, when it was really fizzing, that that flipper it was at least faster. Yeah, it was it was a good you know twenty k's faster than his his regular ball. There's there's I, not even a quicker ball for, for I think, Lyon anymore. I think with Lyon, they're just subtle things. Like I said, changing your changing your pace, changing your the flight of the ball, little things he could do. Obviously, he's not a big turner of the ball, so he's never going to be that guy that's going to rip it through the gate. But things like like he's got to get Warney came up. One of the reasons that he didn't have a bat pad on the offside is because Lyon feels like it it takes away from his ability to bowl it wider. He feels like he has to bowl straighter because it's he's not comfortable with the guy there. Get more comfortable. Yeah, you don't have many strings to your bow. You need to utilize these fielders, even if it's just purely psychological. Mm. Um, get used to having a bat pad on the offside. That's a good point. Um, yeah, and, and do things like that. Like you're obviously not going to turn into this jack of all trades off spinner, but yeah. you're a very good off spinner. You've now had a hundred tests. And you haven't really added anything to your game. In fact, I think if anything, he's actually since. Michael Clark's retired. He's taking things out of his game. Yeah. I remember Lyon being very successful operating for periods around the wicket to the right-handers with a stacked leg side, a short leg side field, and just getting guys propping forward to defend and then catching a glove or the shoulder of the bat and bringing mm. bat pad into play. Yeah. And he doesn't go and do that much either. It's just very much operating outside off stump, spinning the bat, the ball back in towards mm. middle and leg or middle and off, and that just seems to be plan A through... Plan A through Z, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I remember seeing a, an interview about Jason Gillespie about the two thousand and five Ashes, and he felt like the reason that he got towed up in that series um, when he'd been so consistent up to then was that before that he felt a few injuries and he thought he was just running up and putting it there, and that's what I felt like like Lion had where he was just walking up, you know, doing the spinner thing and, you know, the interpretive dance to the wicket, um, and then just putting the ball there and expecting something to happen rather than, than making it happen. Yeah, there were certainly periods energy. where I can see that, where it's just, I'm just going to keep bowling this and I'm going to wait. And then the Indians, like, they were more patient than Lyon yeah, was. It's, it's possible that he's gotten caught up in this, Goat thing. I don't think that helps him, this greatest of all time. Like, that kind of implies that um, he, he shouldn't be looking to get better. Um, you know, he's the, the greatest of all time. He's really not the greatest off spinner of all time. He is in it for Australia. I think that's what they, the way it comes from. He's being the best off spinner Australia's had, which is where that yeah. goat anagram came from. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's going to his head, but I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think just from here, what Lyon needs to realise now is he's had uh, the two biggest series that Australia has had. 
Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't that particularly that good in the last so the last tour against India. So the two most recent tours again, uh, series against India and the series against England, which are Australia's big tours. They're the ones we want to win. Lyon hasn't been very good. Why hasn't Lyon been very good? He needs to look at why wasn't I effective? Yeah, and then and figure that out. And I think a lot of that has to do is he's just a very he's a bit same same. Yeah. And teams have figured out that there's that's the party piece for Nathan Lyon. If I'm mm. if I'm on top of the bounce, yeah, and I'm I can I'm bat sure for a long time. He, I'm sure he works hard. I mean, they've they've highlighted how hard oh, he works. Absolutely. It, is is he working smart? Is he working on the right things? That's what we've got to sort of look and, at. And for mine, it was really it was really eye opening for 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 Shane Warne, who is. You know, we've, we talk a lot of smack about Shane Warne, but he's a very intelligent cricketer, especially when it comes to his yeah. own game and, and, and spin bowling. He knows what's going on. And for him to be calling and calling and saying, why don't you have a bat pad on the offside? And he had a conversation with Nathan Lyon about it. And Nathan Lyon has said, it makes me feel uncomfortable having yeah. this. That's not a good enough answer. No. Get comfortable with it. Stick right, a guy yeah. at bat pad, bowl a heap in the nets, get it right. Like, he's not actually doing anything to your bowling. This all—it's a mental block, and that's not a good enough excuse for a hundred-test veteran when it yeah. can significantly improve your game. So that's one thing he needs to get better at, mm. and he just needs to look at subtly changing things up so the trajectory and speed isn't the same all the time. Because mm. I think that's what it is. Teams have just gone. We're going to get this eighty-five to ninety kilometer per hour ball. It's going to pitch there. Um, and depending on the, the state of the pitch, it's going to come back in yeah. this far. They, they can set a bowling machine to do that, yeah. I'm sure. Um, um, and, and they'll face a million balls and they'll watch a million videos about Nathan Lyon. Before and and if Lyon doesn't get any variable bounce, he becomes a lot easier to play. So Lyon needs to take control of his own destiny and add a couple of strings just to his bow because yeah. there's a guy like there's Mitch well, Swepson. I don't think he should take him for – he shouldn't take his place for granted. No, especially well, not with Mitch Swepson in the wings who is finally looking like he's putting together a fantastic first-class season. Yeah. Um, he bowls leg spin, so it's you know naturally more attacking. Mm. Um, he's a young bloke coming through, 25, 26. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm I'm taking Lyon to South Africa, and he's getting I'm, start. They're, they're taking. I'm taking both. I'm so. taking both as well. But uh, Lyon's got the first test. That's we're not even a question of saying we should drop Lyon. But I think this has got to be good for Lyon because he's got a young guy in the wings who's yeah. who's if, coming good. If there was, got to keep him on his toes. If there wasn't an ODI series um, at the same time, I'd consider taking Zampa on the test tour as well. But. It's been a long time since Zampa's played any first-class cricket, but I do get what you mean. Zampa's been very successful over the last yeah. two or three years in the short form. Yeah. But he does, again, look, he hasn't played a lot of first-class cricket. He has a woeful first-class average for South mm. Af- South Australia. So Yeah, well, that's true. He hasn't had a lot of opportunity to show how... But he'd probably you know, be the only obvious fourth option that I, I can think of. He's, yeah, he's I can't think going, of anyone else that's you know, really... Socks retired now. So. Ashton Agar, but again, he's... He, he's, he's injured. A, and he's an, and an all-rounder more than an actual... Yeah. You wouldn't take him as your number one option. Yeah, people have Darren been talking Lehman. about Glenn, Glenn Maxwell um, as well. Getting into that test side, but again, look, I don't think it's the. I wouldn't be angry at them if they did because Maxwell is a very talented player. 
but it's hard to give him a go when he hasn't played any first class cricket yeah, it's in a two bit of years. Ki- it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for for someone who's going around batting five for Tasmania and, and scoring heaps of runs. Oh, we've decided to go with a guy. The, the only reason late, why is, is just we owe him a go after what he did in the subcontinent before he got dropped for the Ashes. Because yeah. not even he got dropped for the Ashes in 2017, and then Hanscom just couldn't face Anderson at all. So we dropped mm. Hanscom. People forget that after he was dropped, Maxwell scored a double hundred for Victoria and then against New South Wales scored back-to-back 90s mm. in, a, in a test. So he was coming off first-class runs and then they go bring in Mitch Marsh who had done nothing mm. and then obviously Marsh for the... Yeah. Those tests did well, and then we haven't we heard from Maxwell missed, since. Missed, missed the boat on, on Maxwell. So that'd there. be the only reason why is like you probably owe Maxwell a bit of a go, but you're right. It's it's kind of hard to say this guy can play test cricket despite having no red ball cricket under his belt in I don't yeah. even know how long it is now. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. So before we wrap up and finish, so we've, so we've decided we're taking the 11 that we've had in the last test minus Wade. Yeah. And we're maybe rotating Stark and Nisa. Yeah. And it, what else are you bringing? We've got more problems than that. So what else are you fixing? Who's coming into your to your squad? Well, we've got to we've got to decide on an opening partnership and try and keep them together, don't we? Yep. Um. It's a. It would be too like Warner's got to be there. I know that. You go. You stick with um, Marcus Harris, or you. Bringing no, Bukowski I'm back. T- I'm just not a fan of Marcus Harris. He, there's nothing. He, he's done all the right things. He's gone back to Shield and scored. But um, you know, if he would have performed in the Australia A games, uh, Marcus Harris, I would have been all for his selection. But he just seems that guy that just gets that next level up, and he just gets found yeah, out. Yeah, found he'll it. come back and boss Shield cricket, then doesn't quite make the leap. Yeah, Will so, Bukowski, you bringing him if. See, the problem with Bukowski is there's so many ways he can get injured. I mean, he's been hit in the head a lot of times. He's fallen it now he's got a bad shoulder. Um, every so often he has a, an anxiety attack. And the, I don't the, think that's particularly fair. Like he, All the reports coming out about his mental health that he's gone and he's seeing um, not team doctors, but he's seeing people outside of that. Yeah. He himself says my mental health's never been better. He he thinks that he's gone past that. Yeah, he's past that now. All, all I'm saying seen, is that that's another reason that he yeah. can can miss. Um, you know, it's it's never truly gone. Um, when you're, you're talking about mental health, um, I would be thinking. I mean, if you take away all of the the injuries, Pikovsky's got to get another go. Um, but I suppose you could just go completely left field, and I think you were you were about to say this, so go ahead and say it. <laughs> my my left field choice would be to bring Sam Whiteman into the side. Yeah, and then whichever one of them, so Sam Whiteman and Bukowski, make a choice. If you're really stuck for a right hand, you want a right hand left hand combination, have Bukowski at the top, and have Whiteman in the middle order. Or yeah. vice versa. Mm. Um, for those of you going, what? Sam Whiteman? Talked about it quite a lot. He's coming off two really, two good, years. really good shield years opening the batting. 
Um, and no, used to- nobody talks about him because he doesn't put on the coloured clothes and play the the <laughs> funny bash. the funny game. Hmm. Where, you know, he needs to get in where they're playing the Adams family. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. Um, yeah, I would think that uh, he's a guy that you could um, – he's got a great opening technique as well. So I think that there's no real harm in having two left-handers. And then I would then move Bukowski to come bat at five in the middle order where he's predominantly been a middle order player and then has made the change this season and had fantastic results opening the batting. Mm. Um, obviously had that 60 in Sydney. Uh, looked very good doing it. So I've got no problems with him staying there. We have that right left. The other person that, that could be on the uh – on the plane could be Ben McDermott. Mm, and uh, that's another guy. I'd be taking Ben McDermott. Like, he's definitely going well, to New Zealand to I play mean, t- he, 2020 cricket. But In stark contrast to the point I just made, he's, he's had a pretty good BBL, but he also has had a really good shield. He's 15, 20 runs over three knocks away yeah. from us talking about him having a four four hundreds in a season. Right. He would yeah. have had. He got two two nineties and an eighty six, I think, for Tasmania, batting at three or four, mm-hmm. and then he got one hundred and seven for Australia A. Twenty more runs, just scores twenty more runs, which is yeah. nothing. Now, over is, those- is, is he a long form keeper, or is or is that does that job go to someone th- else? Not sure. I know they've got so many keepers playing for. I know there's, um, there's Tim Payne. There's there's Wade. Payne kept in the games that Payne played. Of course, but they've also got Jake Doran. McDermott, uh, Matthew Wade, but I don't think he hasn't kept in ages. I think McDermott yeah. keeps. Um, he does. He hasn't shown any I'd real t- deficiencies, but I've only seen him keep in in twenty twenty. So. Um, but yeah, it, like twenty runs over four knock or over three knocks, which is nothing. And we're talking about him having an incredible season and has to be picked for the side. But for the sake of twenty runs. We don't talk about him at all because he hasn't got any hundreds in that hundreds column. So it's a thing that he's going to have to. He's yeah. got to then. He's making these starts and not going on with it. But when you're looking at it in a sheer run scoring perspective, fake it twenty runs away from having yeah. four first class hundreds mm. in the first half of the summer. That's a big call. And he's then- he's in a rich vein of form. He's scoring runs for fun for the Hurricanes. Yeah. He's one hundred percent going to New Zealand. In the, the only T20 thing is, squad. he doesn't he doesn't open for Tassie. He bats at three, does he not? Yeah, but if he's yeah. batting at three for Tasmania, he can bat at five for the Australian side. Oh yeah, so we're talking about him as a as a so middle. So I, I would I would be very tempted to take McDermott as a reserve batsman. Yeah, um, and I think number five should be open. I don't think anyone's got their hands on five at the moment. So yeah. you take Travis Head. I'd take Ben McDermott. I'd take Sam Whiteman. Um, and I'd take Enriquez as well. What are, um, and and if uh, the and other then you just play off for five and the the wait and see guy has got to be Curtis Patterson. Oh yeah, Curtis Patterson as well. He's um well he's fit now. He's not getting a run for the scorches, but he's available for them because <laughs> he doesn't hack across the line. I think yeah. I think due to the how close the test series is going to be, we're not going to see him playing for. New mm. South Wales before we go on tour. So it might be a stretch to go pick him in the squad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's certainly a guy that I th- that I would be – he would be my first pick to go in at five mm. based on what he's already done for New South Wales and for Australia. He would be my first pick to go at five. But it's hard to do that when he's injured. So so that's a pretty big touring squad, though. Like, I mean, how, how many are they allowed with the whole COVID Well, you'd have to imagine being overseas mm. that they'd have to take – 
well, the Indians had at 20. Yeah. So you'd have to think the squad would have to be fairly sizable because you'd have to do quarantine and stuff. So they'd be fairly yeah. big. So I would imagine at 17 at least. Yeah. So you'd go, what, backup spinner. Um, yeah. Uh, probably Jai Richardson. I'd say Jai Richardson, Pattinson, Nessa. Nessa. They may stick with Abbott and leave Jai Richardson to play yeah. T20. So I reckon they'd be three reserve quicks, yeah. two reserve batsmen. Yeah, which which would mean that <laughs> we wouldn't be able to have all of those names. Well, we if did. you um, also as well, if you take McDermott and Whiteman. Um, One can be a reserve keeper. Either could be a reserve keeper if it's going to be... Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Whiteman's kept for a a while, but he he was rated very highly as a keeper Mm. early on. He just reinvented himself into a batsman. (laughs) So so my first up 11 would be... No, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to go... My first up 11 would be Whiteman, Warner, Labashane, Smith... Pukowski, Green, Payne. Ah, right. Um, Nisa, Cummins, Lyon, Hazelwood. That would be my next 11 that I would mm. go with at this point. And then I'd have guys like uh, McDermott on standby. Yeah. Um, possibly being the next guy in. Um, and then Pattinson on the bench. Jai Richardson. I'd have Jai Richardson, but I have a feeling they may go Sean Abbott. Um, on the bench, and then Swepson on the bench. So that's five. Yeah, five not in the actual team. So uh, and it. I'd probably take on Riquez as, a, as well because he's yeah. had a good shield year, a bit of an all-rounder, and that gives us a 17-man squad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably go the other way. Um, I'd, I'd go with Pekowski. I, I, I really like the Sam Whiteman idea. So you're flipping them or you're going Pukowski and having someone else at five? I'll have to have someone else at five. So, well, you know what? Scotty Scotty made a pretty good argument. So we're, we're going to give Travis Head another go at five. So Travis uh, Head has had no opportunities to improve any of the shortcomings in his game. Has now improved enough to get back into the test squad? No, it's just that Wade's gone badly enough that he's got the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> So you're so you're going back to head. You're not going to bring anyone else in. That's your. Uh, it's so hard. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just we've dropped him because there's a shortcoming to his game, and we haven't given him any opportunity to improve. And then we've yeah. put him straight back in. Which well, that, that, the problem is there are, are no games. Yeah, that's, that's so hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 what yep. I'm going to have to go with, and then then Green, you know, he's going to have to find a, a way to get some wickets. Um, Green, Payne, Nessa, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm just going to have have Stark just have to sit one out and put him in the corner and make him think about <laughs> about it. I don't know. So you um, so you're taking Stark to South Africa. You're not sending him on a working holiday to New Zealand. Uh is, I did. It is a good holiday in New Zealand. Um, but that is an oh, option. You? you could blood. You could blood another bowler in the in that one, and just let Stark go and play in a in an easier format and start feeling good about himself again. And yeah, and Australia could I use the so, um, yeah. use the experience because there's going to be a lot of new faces in that T20 squad, which we'll obviously yeah, talk I, about. I, I, yeah, we'll speculate I, I about go, next week. I'll go with you on that one. I, I yeah, I think yeah. Let him go to New Zealand, split the side up a bit as far as strengths go, and 
just have him bowl some of those Yorkers that he that he does. <laughs> yep. And then we can we can bring on these two guys who are a bit younger. Nessa's not so much younger, but but Jai Richardson is, I think. Um and get them some actual experience. Yeah. Hopefully that works. It's we're we're in a shambles here. We you know, we're not used to losing a, a home home series. And we've we've lost six series since yeah. two thousand and eight. So yeah, um, so that's yeah. six out of twelve. We're we're, we're going fifty fifty. Well, fifty fifty in terms of summers. There are times that we'll play multiple teams. Oh, yeah. in a summer. Yeah. Um, mm. but uh, yeah, there's um there are some serious questions that need to be answered for the Australian cricket team because, like we said earlier on in the episode, that Australian cricket side would have expected to beat a full-strength India, let alone yeah, what we face at the Gabba. So while you can't take anything away because it was just – that's going to go down in, in cricket folklore as one of the great up-against-the-wall David versus Goliath sides, that yeah. Indian side I mean, it was, can it hold was its head cricket. high – what what annoyed me a bit was that the, the commentators didn't seem to feel like the the Australian guys didn't seem to feel like they were allowed to to be disappointed. They they're all sort of like, oh, well done to India, you know, with 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 them beating us, and oh, this has been an amazing performance. I suppose actually, oh, you kind of can want- we have a bit more hard on the sleeve? I know they're not thinking that. They're thinking, why couldn't we get these people out <laughs> like that? You know. They're they're just too worried to say what they think, um, you know. I that, I didn't enjoy that. I, I think yeah, some maybe some tastefully biased, just occasionally biased commentary would yeah, have been nice to it's hear. It's just a little bit more honest. Mm. Um, you know, you've got Sonny Gavaskar there. You've got other guys who can uh, talk about how how amazing their, their their team is playing. You know, and there's. You know, there's always a Tony Gregg figure who, who's kind of like neutral, um, who goes, oh, well, hang on a sec, Bill. This is an amazing inning kind of stuff. You know, we need yeah. a Bill Laurie in there. <laughs> we need someone to adopt that persona. Just get just get the 12th man to come in and do it. Yeah, yeah. Just get rid of them all. All right, well, that'll that'll do from us for this episode. We're... Uh Yes, we're we're two very disappointed Australian cricket fans at the moment. Yeah. Um, full credit to India. They have. Can, can we have a five test series next time India come over? Uh, uh, I kind of like the five test series being special for that special Ashes one, but okay. it might just be me being a bit too we'll traditional. Have six then. <laughs> they, they can go to Tassie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to ask their permission first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Full credit to India, full credit to Rahane and Ravi Shastri and and Siraj and all of those players. You guys have been unbelievable. Uh, they sure showed us. Going down in history is one of the great back-against-the-walls series ever. Uh, mm. Best ever Indian win. Um, you're going to have to have quite a compelling argument to for me to believe otherwise that's the finest win the uh, Indian cricket I, side I, has had. I think they're going to have a period of dominance. Mm. I think it's, it, they're going to be like the early 2000 Australia, the 80s West Indies. Where they'll just, everywhere they go, they'll win sort of thing. Yep, yeah, I can see that too. They've got an impressive pace battery now. They're always going to be strong in spinning conditions. They've got bowlers coming, oh, sorry, batsmen coming out of everywhere that can, can do a job there. 
they're going to be a very, very hard, uh, very hard side to topple. So, full credit to India. Uh, on the other hand, the Australian cricket team, like I said, get Jay- in the nets, <laughs> get in the nets. <laughs> J- JL and the boys have got a lot of hard questions to answer. Um, I, I wonder is- if they'll have one of those um, sessions that they had after the the Headingley. I certainly hope so because they they need it. They yeah, you know, and- to be yeah. fair, Australia and England at Headingley were pretty evenly matched. Yeah. Those were two sides like. Yeah. Australia versus India were not evenly matched, and that's no. not a disrespect to the Indian cricket side. At the Gabba, with the players that India had out versus Australia, which was essentially full strength, that's not evenly matched. We should have walked over the top of them. Yeah, um, We have walked over the top of better sides on paper mm. than that Indian side, and that Indian side stood up and didn't let it happen. So some yeah. serious questions need to be asked. Um, you know, Are certain players... Locks anymore? Who's coming through? It, you know, I don't think Marcus Harris is the answer as a reserve opener. So, where do we go from there? Who's yeah. our next spinner in line? What are we going to do with the middle order? Travis Head's got to go and has been proven to maybe not quite up to international standard. On, on the plus the next side, it's, it's given us a lot to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, it's given <laughs> us a lot to talk about. Um, yep. So, yeah, uh, next All episode, right. not sure 100% what we're going to be doing yet, but one thing we'll definitely be doing is we're going to have a look at the how the Big Bash is progressing so far. Oh, by the way, Aaron beat me by eight points the, last night. I did. That was, was that, that was one of the most epic um, super, bash, coach. super coach, super coach uh, yeah, uh, matchups with that. It was like tennis, wasn't it? Yeah. Like one of my guys would take a wicket. And then one of your guys would take a wicket. And then my guy would take a catch. And then, like, Liam Livingston randomly got an over and got a wicket. It was just... <laughs> it was, we, were, um, yeah. we were we were messaging each other while watching the game. And, like, yeah, you, you could almost feel the tension through the phone uh, as messages were if, coming if in. If you don't play Supercoach, um, usually a good round is, is over 1,000. So that's how few points eight points is. <laughs> yeah. And, and, in fact, we did both get over 1,000. I think, what, 1,095 for me and yeah. then I think 1,087 yeah. of 86 for you. It was yeah. a uh, yeah. very, very tight one. So uh, we'll talk about the Big Bash, um, yeah. maybe, you know, puff our chests out about Supercoach, and we'll also have a crack of who we would pick to be in this um, New Zealand, this New Zealand tour. tour. And we'd we've, all, we've, we've got one already, Mitchell Stark. All right, right, that'll do, guys. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. All right, bye. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.